You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What's going on? Welcome to Talking Football with Ray, and believe it or not, my name is Ray, and I'm going to be the one talking football with you. Before we cut to the show, you need to remember that we are talking about a kid's game that's played by grown men. So sit back, relax, don't take yourself too serious, and let's have a little bit of fun in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Zero! What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Talking Football with Ray. You're never going to guess this, but my name is Ray, and I'll be the one talking football with you, as well as my Wednesday co-host, Mario from Hashtag Sports. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Wednesday, December 1st. we finally gotten rid of the Patriots' undefeated November. What does December have in store? We don't know, but Mario and I will be teeing up that New England Patriots-Buffalo Bills Monday nighter. We're also going to be discussing Daniel Jones and whether or not the Giants should just move on. And what the heck is Adrian Peterson doing trying to continue playing football? You just hate to see it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Talking Football with Ray. You're going to hear from our sponsors over at Symbol. And after you hear about them, Mario and I will be back on the other side. Hey guys, let me just take a few seconds here and tell you about my sponsors over on Symbol. If you've thought about investing in the stock market, but you're worried about making an investment because maybe you don't know enough about investing, or perhaps you're just not ready to put your money into crypto, why not invest into something you know all about, and that's the sports market. Symbol brilliantly combines sports betting and investment into all-in-one place. On Symbol, you can invest in your favorite teams like the New England Patriots or take a long-term investment on teams like the Jacksonville Jaguars. Show your sports know-how by buying, trading, and selling shares in all of your favorite college, NFL, Major League Baseball, and NBA teams. You can also earn money for every win. You can invest in-season or out-of-season. It's up to you. Buy small, sell big. This is not some week-by-week gambling site where you can drop a wager on one game. This is your chance to be in it for the long haul. Be cautious, be aggressive, be a homer. It doesn't matter. Symbol is there for you to find the value and try to make you money. Symbol is offering an absolutely crazy promotion that I think they're insane for offering. However, click the link that I've left in the description and use the promo code DPN and Symbol will allow you to make a completely risk-free deposit up to $500. Use the promo code DPN and your deposit will be risk-free for 90 days, meaning if you lose money, don't like the market, don't like the website, whatever reason, you can withdraw your entire initial deposit no matter what. So go check out what I think is the coolest gambling and investing site in the world. I've left the link to the Symbol website in the description below. 
So I suggest you go check it out and show the world your sports know-how and how savvy of an investor you really are. Go check out Symbol by using the link that I've left in the description and make sure that you use that promo code and that promo code DPN and make a 90-day risk-free deposit for up to $500. And we're back live here on Talking Football with Ray. I'm with my boy Mario. We are live on Twitter. We're live on YouTube. <clears throat> hear this replay on all of the podcast networks and you can also find me over at deanblondell.com find all my content there you can also find me over on newsbreak mario how are you man i'm doing i'm trying to get for when ross screenshots and i'm trying to look pretty for him so uh what's up ray it's always good to be talking football with ray uh bills versus the patriots coming up this week obviously uh i run a bills uh centered uh, channel you run your dear Pats nation for, for a long time. And now you got uh, talking football at Ray. I cannot wait to get into this and uh, listen to all the shit talking that's going to happen tonight. It's going to be nice and fun. No, no, no. Uh, more of a Twitter shit talker than a YouTube shit talker. Uh, <laughs> got things but, I need to got things I need to cover. So let me start it off right oh, here, yeah. man. All right. So this is a big game Monday night yes. for both teams. The, the division is not just the division on the line, right? So we know the AFC East. This is, I mean, the neck, the two games yep. that they play plus the middleman, those that you guys, I figure when you look at strength of schedule, the Colts are our next big challenge besides Buffalo for the Patriots, Tampa Bay for the Bills. So you got two tough schedules ahead of you. So really the division is going to come down to these two games. Mm -hmm. However, the New England Patriots have just won six in a row. There's people yes. out there saying, well, they only played the Tennessee Titans. Oh, they only played the Carolina Panthers. Ah, oh, they played Nick Chubb with, or they played the Browns without Nick Chubb. Then you got the Buffalo Bills. They lose to Jacksonville. They blow out the Jets. They come back, they get blown out at home by the Colts. Then they have they look pretty impressive in the second half against the Saints. Who are the Buffalo Bills? That's a question Bills fans are asking. That's a question that football fans are asking. Let me ask you, is it fair to say that Monday night's game is a measuring stick for both the Patriots and the Bills? Not for the Patriots, for the Buffalo Bills. Because the Buffalo Bills have been so Jekyll and Hyde this season with what they've been doing offensively and defensively. Um that you're going to the bill which bills team is going to show up is it going to be the bills team that loses 9 to 6 to Jacksonville or is it the team that you know had one of the lowest scoring outputs since the 20 I think 18 New England Patriots as far as defensively that showed up um it's a, it's a statistic that if the bills get two or more turnovers they score like 40 points if they get two or, or they get less than two turnovers a game they're scoring like 17 that's not wins and losses that's overall so it's one of the things coming into the season was the Buffalo Bills being able to generate points on limited possessions. And they and sometimes when they don't get those turnovers, it's tough. And with the loss of Trey White to an ACL, it's going to be even tougher against the New England Patriots this uh this Sunday. Or this so Monday, I gotta, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, and I'm gonna ask you a question because I got I was on the Rico report over at Buffalo Fanatics last night, and yep. I posed a question to him. And I said, you know. If the New England Patriots lose, there's already built-in excuses. It's Mac Jones' first Monday night football game. The weather looks like it's going to just be awful, 40 degrees and rain. You know, the, the sort of built-in excuses there. But I, how hard of a loss is it going to be for Buffalo to lose another one at home, but yeah. to lose to the Patriots at home under the lights when a lot of people, myself included, believed that the, the Bills were going to be representing the, the AFC in the Super Bowl? It's going to be very, very tough for the Buffalo Bills because they always, it was always sitting back. Okay, you lost this game. Oh, it was an NFC game or it wasn't a conference game. Now it's the division. I've always said you got to take care of your house. You don't take care of your house. Don't even bother. Don't even bother. 
coming up against the New England Patriots this Monday, if the Buffalo Bills are to lose, they're just put, putting themselves in a bigger hole trying to climb out of it to get into the playoff picture. I, I don't think a lot of people right now see the Buffalo Bills as a Super Bowl contender. Do they have the talent? Absolutely. You know, but we've seen teams like this that get decimated with injury that have so much talent, but then they're they're done. It's happened to the Patriots. It's happened to all the teams. You know, it's how can you recover from that? How can the next man up do coming into the game and doing everything that they need to do in order to secure a victory? The thing that gets me, as far as the Patriots go, is people are saying, Patriots are back. Patriots are back. If you look at two years ago, the defensive statistics for the Patriots, the first 12 games, compare them to the 12 games in this season, it's almost identical, Ray. And if you didn't have a quarterback that threw eight touchdowns and ran for 12 last year, it wasn't, they're not back. This team runs through the damn defense. So Mac Jones, you know, uh, Mr. Jones from (laughs) Counting Crows, I don't care who's in there. This team, this team runs through the defense and Bel- what Belichick is able to do, and it always has. You can talk about Brady. Connor's not here, so it's like low-hanging fruit. But the point is, this team runs through the defense. However the defense does is how this team is going to do. And this defense is playing absolutely amazing. Jones, in the first six starts, compared to his last six starts, is throwing for less yards, has a lower completion percentage. But what's the big thing? Nine, or Seven touchdowns, two picks. All right? First, you know, the first uh, six games, he was having trouble turning the ball over. That was the that was the reason they were losing, and they were losing close games. They should be like, you know, they're eight and four. They should probably be ten and two at this time. You know what I mean? Well, it's scary. And let's get into that. So when you look at this Bills Patriots game, you talked earlier about how you know this new Patriots team is running through the Bill Belichick defense again. If they would have had a somewhat capable quarterback last season, perhaps they're even competing next season, it runs with the Belichick defense. Offensively, though, they also do something that the Buffalo Bills have struggled with, and it was completely exposed when they went up against who I believe is the MVP, Jonathan Taylor. The New England yeah. Patriots, and the reason that Mac Jones has a lot less yards as well is because this off the Patriots offense doesn't run through Mac Jones. The Patriots offense runs through Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris, who are just bulls they're not they're not a single back and brandon bolden who's had just an absolutely phenomenal season this year uh a a core special teamer who when we lost james white who you during the our preseason conversations talked about him being one of the most important pieces and brandon bolden just picked it up so the run game is, is so important so how does buffalo offensively and defensively how do you stop that run and not force this game into mac jones hands because i think most patriot fans will tell you the patriots offense cannot become one dimensional how do you stop that duo of those running backs and then sort of the the wild card and brandon bolden and then on the flip side how does Josh Allen and, and Brian Dable, how do they attack this Patriots defense? How do the Buffalo Bills win this game? Well, the, the one thing that has been, as far as offensively, the thing that worked for the Buffalo Bills has been their play action. Even though they haven't had a sustained running game this year, the play action has benefited Josh Allen as far as the timing of the routes and, and, and so forth. The thing about Belichick is that he's so great because there's two, it's twofold. It's, it's, ta- it's um, you know, a, you know uh, taking away your opponent's biggest strength while covering up your biggest weakness. Belichick has been a wizard at doing that. He's one of the greatest coaches of all time at doing that. So what what they have to do is they have to try to get the running game going a little bit, sustainable a little bit. Very you got to remember these two offenses run the same system. They run the EP system. So whereas 
if 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 the if the Patriots run the ball and they get like four yards and the Bills are, oh that's a great stop. No, if the Patriots got four yards on that run, they wanted to get four yards on that run because they're setting up setting something up later. That's how it works. That's how the EP system is what is predicated on. So as far as that goes, the Bills are going to be getting back some players this week. You know, they got back um they're going to be getting back Star Latula. They're getting back Spencer Brown on the offensive side of the ball. They're getting back Star, who is one of the run stoppers in there. If they don't stop the run, Mac Jones is going to have a field day. So they got to do that. The problem with the Bills is they are one-dimensional. They are just a, a strictly a passing team. So to make them one-dimensional is kind of a moot point for Belichick. You know, he's Belichick is going to bracket and double digs, and he's going to force everyone else on that offense to beat him. And the wild card in this actually might be Matt Breida. You know what I mean? That the because he hasn't played a lot this year. He's shown sparks of getting to the edge, which has been a trouble for Buffalo. Uh, but that's one of the things that has to happen. As far as you know, the Patriots, their defense is playing lights out to try to find an opening in that defense. I, first of all, I'm staying away from J.C. Jackson, okay? Just leave him alone. And then watch out for that freak coming off the edge, Judon. So other than that, other than that, the Bills have to um, – try to have a lot of quick hitters and a lot of probably big plays in this game in order to win because the Patriots are just going to grind that clock and limit the possessions of the Buffalo Bills. Okay, so let's go to the flip side now. You, you're pretty familiar with both teams. You're, you're an astute student of the NFL, so let's flip it on the other side. Uh, I was asked yesterday, who scares you on the Buffalo Bills? And I said, 17 and 14. I said, those two are game changers and they can be game, you know, and they will they will change games. Uh, defensively, what worries me is you do have the dogs at the middle linebacker position to stop the heavy run and to stop because uh, the Patriots run back line or running backs aren't finesse run running backs. They're not guys that are going to run around you. They're going to run you over and run through you. Yes. You got Edmonds who can who can you know if when he's on can use his strength and push people back. So how do the Patriots neutralize Josh Allen not just in the air? but also his threat of using his legs. How do they defensively stop this Buffalo Bills team? And offensively, how do they how do they beat the Buffalo defense? How do the Patriots beat the Buffalo defense? Um, I believe you guys have an advantage in size at the wide receiver position. Now, the Buffalo Bills are going to be starting Dane Jackson, who's a former seventh-round pick out of Pitt, an undrafted free agent in Levi Wallace, who's been there for a number of years, and Teron Johnson, who has shown sometimes that he gets injured in the slot. Okay. I think the Patriots have uh, bigger weapons on the outside in order to try to muscle those guys, but they do play very physical. You got Poyer and Hyde, who, um, with the loss of Trey White, they're not going to be playing down in the box in order to try to assist with the run as much as they as much as they have. Once Trey White's on the field, you can you could have Poyer and Hyde play down in the box in order to give you some support to that run. Trey's not there, so he's going to have to be playing over top. So is Hyde. So that takes a guy out. So what do you have to do? The Buffalo Bills have to limit the guards going to the second level on Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano. That is the biggest thing. If Milano and Edmonds have 10 tackles apiece this game, they, the Bills might have a shot. Honestly, they might have a shot because if you let those guards get to the second level onto Edmonds and Milano, you're going to see probably two Patriots with two with 100-yard games because that is, that is the philosophy that's going to be going into this game. Now, we must remember that in the McDermott era, Brady – a lot of times, and I'm, this is not to be offensive. You can go back and look at the statistics if you want. Brady, a lot of times, was not the deciding factor in the victories for the New England Patriots since McDermott has been a coach for the Buffalo Bills. He managed the game. They ran the ball great. He got solid first downs when he needed to. They were tight games. 
I believe one, maybe one was a blowout. I, I might be misremembering, but the point is that is how this game is going to play out. The Patriots are going to try to go after the weakness of the Buffalo Bills, which is their run defense, and they're going to try to stick it there. Jones is going to complete those, you know, six, seven yard passes for those first downs. And then one of those big dogs is going to break open, you know, whether it's Bourne, whether it's Myers, whether it's whoever it is, is going to break open. Plus, you got the two headed monster, you know, with Henry there and, and Smith. So how do you do that? Okay, well, you're going to put Milano and Edmonds on those two guys. Well, they have to assist in the run. So there's going to be a lot of sleight of hand out of Mac Jones with play action, I believe, in this game. And a lot of uh, of players might be wide open for the Patriots. That's what scares the piss out of me for this game. So I want to move on to this now because, first of all, the Buffalo Bills are at home. They're a a two-and-a-half-point favorite. You figure they should be a a favorite at home. However, if you would have asked me in August what I thought the point spread would have been for Monday Night Football in Buffalo with the Patriots team, I probably would have told you somewhere closer to six-and-a-half and and, and probably had a whole touchdown. They're favorite by less than a field goal. Now, I I took a lot of Ernst from Patriot fans in the offseason because I (laughs) predicted that the Patriots team – would win eight to nine games. Technically, I'm still right at this point. And <laughs> and so technically they've won those eight games, but I took a lot of Ernst. However, I went on to uh hashtag sports channel. We had a, a little bit of a round table. Yep. And whether it was to rile me up, whether it was he didn't know because he didn't look at the schedule, whatever it was, you predicted six and eleven. And there has been a lot of Patriot fans who reminded me of that heading into mm-hmm. today. And you said you would join the Friday Patreon hangout, and there's I a would, lot of yeah. Patriot fans I want to address that with you as well. So I'm gonna twist this in a different way. Uh, well, Razor, Razor, real quick, before I get to that, before yes. you get to that, I predicted that the Buffalo Bills last season, when they went 13 and three, right, that they were going to go nine and seven. So it's not, just, first of all, I did that. I just, I really did do that just to rile you up, but I always go below expectation all the time. So, so yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to ask you though, going from six wins, now the Patriots are a team that looks like they could easily be a 10 to 11 win team, depending on these next five games roll out. How surprised have you been with the Patriots performance so far this season? And how surprised are you that they're sitting at the top of the AFC East right now? And I guess I'll I'll add a third question. And is that more indicative of what the Patriots are doing or more of just how inconsistent the Buffalo Bills have been? Well, like I said at the onset, is that the Bills have been very Jekyll and Hyde. They'll blow a team up by 30 and then lose by three to Jacksonville. Like, what? What's going on here? The NFL, I think, as a whole, has been very, very goofy this year. I think a lot of fans can agree to that. But, like, you got a team that blows out a team one week and then loses to another team and the next week. You're like, how did this even freaking happen? Like, what's going on here? Like, there's no really consistency. Uh, there's no consistency going on. But as far as the Patriots go, you know as well as I do that when that defense is clicking and Belichick has those guys hunting around and doing everything they have to do, and you have an, a player – from the quarterback position that takes care of the ball. They take care of the ball. I think the Patriots had like seven fumbles this year, and most of those came in the first six games. So when you think of that, that's not a very New England-esque team. So over the last six games, they've cut that severely. Jones has turned the ball over three times in the past past six games. They play really solid team defense, and they and they move the ball, they move the chains. That's what they do. So it's not surprising to me because I've seen this happen before. Wow. A young quarterback comes in to bring the the Patriots <laughs> to a winning record. Wow, I think I've read this somewhere, you know, before. So it's not to me. It's not, and you got to think about it this way. In this respect, Mac Jones is the first Alabama quarterback that Belichick has taken. 
him and Saban are tighter than two coaches can ever get. So if Saban gave him the go-ahead for Mac Jones, you knew this was coming around the corner. And maybe a lot of Buffalo Bills fans were in denial for about that. But, you know, and I didn't predict the, the Patriots to do if, – if I gave an honest assessment, I would have given the, the Patriots probably nine or ten wins this year. You know, looking at the schedule and how it played out and how everything that's going on, I would have given them nine or ten wins. They may exceed that. You know what I mean? Because you look at the rest of their schedule, it's like who's really – other than the Jekyll and Hyde Bills, who's really left that they have to compete with? You know what I mean? So the Colts, the, Col- gotta- the Colts are going to be tough, but that's where that run defense is going to be tested. But by and large, that's where that's one of the biggest strengths of that Patriot defense is stopping the run. I know it hasn't happened; it's been kind of up and down. I know you guys guys were kind of worried about that a little bit, but that is one of those things where that you know you're running right into the teeth of what Belichick loves, man. Shorten the game up, run the ball. I know Patriot fans are concerned because they gave up 200 yards to practice squad running backs uh, last weekend. So I know that 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 is a little bit of a concern for some Patriot fans out there. But I am going to switch gears here, and I'm going to head on over to the New York Giants. Daniel Jones is now week-to-week with a strained neck uh, after the big win. I think it was like, what, 13-6 to over the Philadelphia Eagles, (laughs) the the NFC least. uh, Just an indicative. But I'm going to ask you this, this question just frankly, just bluntly. Is it time for the New York Giants to move on from Daniel Jones? Like, has have they have they given? I've been a guy who's been like, stick with Jones, stick with Jones, stick with Jones. And yeah. I understand Sterling Shepard's been out this year, Kenny Galladay's been out this year. You know, they've hardly played at all. Saquon Barkley on and off the field. I get it, but every year there's a new excuse for him, and I'm at the point now where I'm just really wondering, like, is it just time for the New York Giants to move on from Daniel Jones? Well, I, I think. When when Jones got there, they I mean the, the Giants team had inherited bad draft picks. They had a coaching change. The kid the kid has never played a full season. If you look at his statistics on the surface, they don't look that bad. I mean, I, I think he has like sixty three percent completion percentage. He's thrown forty five touchdowns to twenty nine picks. He's twelve and twenty five. This is the narrative that when you don't give a guy some help, this is what happens. I mean, for a guy that's going twelve and twenty five, you expect his statistics statistics to be even worse than they are. You know, I mean, you don't expect a guy in three years to be thrown for 64% completion percentage, 45 touchdowns and 29 picks, almost 9,000 yards, not even playing a full season in that. Yet, you know, would you want to put the blame on him? And I understand that's the biggest thing. But I think Jones, if if you were to surround him with with some consistency, Barkley hasn't been consistent there. He's been hurt. The offensive line has been atrocious. That defense can't stop a nosebleed. You know, and, and like I said, even playing in the NFC least, they're still not being able to get in there. I mean, it's Washington won it at seven and nine last year. You couldn't squeak in? Like, come on now. And somebody else who's sort of squeaking around right now, Adrian Peterson signed with the Seattle Seahawks oh. practice squad today, which means you know at some point he's going to be brought up to the big roster. Adrian Peterson, I think, should be an example to all running backs of how to run the football. He's going to go down as probably one of the greatest of all times behind Barry Sanders and some of those greats, but just an absolutely phenomenal player throughout his entire career. However, the name Adrian Peterson has a lot more cachet than the actual player that's on the field. He is a shell of vintage AP. And I kind of feel sad for him because he almost reminds me of Peyton Manning at the end of his career, except Peyton actually won the Super Bowl with the Broncos. But you're watching somebody who was one time an all-time great just trying to hang on to glory. A, so I got a a two-part question for you. A, is Adrian Peterson going to be able to do anything with the Seahawks because he couldn't even cut it with the Titans? And B, is it just time for AP to say goodbye to football? 
AP is like you said, he's the last of a long line of throwback guys. Yeah, you know, I, I equate him to the Undertaker. You know what I mean? It's like a guy that's trying to hang on too long. Eight of his first nine seasons, he had double-digit touchdowns, but then he turned 30. And we know, as the old adage goes, when you get to 30, and his running style is not conducive for someone that's going to be, you know, going on. You know, I, I think like three years ago, he actually had a thousand-yard season with Washington. But this guy, injury after injury, year after year, he's like Mickey Rourke and the wrestler. You know, what I mean, he just keeps trying to hang on and keep playing. And I understand that the guy is physically fit to do that. I mean, people said when T.O. retired that he could still play. I, he probably still could, you know what I mean? But he was like, you know what? It's time to go. Time to walk away. It's time to hang him up. AP is still trying to hang on to the game. Do I want him to retire? I want him to go out, you know, on his own terms. You know, you never want to tell a player, you know, it's time for you to leave. It's usually up to the player. But it might be one of those things where it's um, – I'll make another reference. It might be an Evander Holyfield situation. You know, someone may have to tell him to stop and it's over. But I'm not sure if, if AP would listen to that because he's still a, phys- a physical specimen. <laughs> even at his age at 36. Okay. So what I'm going to do here is while we were talking, I was reducing some of our Patreon questions and pulled some of the obvious and I put them down to three questions, but I have a question for you. Would you be willing when we're done this in about six minutes to come do another 15 minute private spot with me and answer the Patreon questions? Cause a lot of them are directed right to you. And I'm just, I've run out of time to get to them. Absolutely. But but I'm going to go through these three questions right here. Cause they're kind of the common ones that popped up. So I I just put them together. And one of the questions that comes from the mailbag says, how much of a home advantage will the Buffalo Buffalo bills have for, Versus the Patriots on Monday. Well, the Buffalo Bills have not uh, this year played very, very well at home. Obviously, you saw the blowout from Indianapolis. Uh, but Patriot games, divisional games, are just a little different. And a Monday night game, I always wait to read the police blotter on Tuesday morning when they have a Monday night game because it's going to get rowdy. It's going to get crazy. It's going to get nuts. Patriot, uh, Buffalo Bill fans do not like Patriot fans at all. They do not like the Patriots at all. I mean, you go to school every day for 20 years and get beat up by the same guy. You're not going to like him ever. So that's pretty much what it is. I'm not sure if it's going to have a decided advantage, but they tend to get rowdy there. I don't know if it's going to reach epic decibel levels that Jones won't be able to communicate because they're always on point. But, um, you know, I mean, it's it is what it is, you know, as at, at, at this point. Okay, another question from the mailbag is asking, will Monday night's affair between the Patriots and Bills, will it be an offensive game or a defensive game uh, between the two teams? 16-10. Pick who you want to win. It's so you're, you're going with a low-score game. You're not a lot of points. I, I don't see a lot of points. With these two teams matching up, you got two defensive head coaches. They want to run the ball. They want to control the clock. They want to try to control the flow of the game. You might see a lot of punts, uh, field position plays where – why did they go for it on a fourth down there? Oh, no, wait, they pinned him inside the five. Okay, that's a great idea. You know what I mean? So I think you're going to see a very strategic chess game against for Belichick and McDermott on Monday. Do you think how much of a uh, – I'll add to this. How much of a factor do you think the weather is going to be? Could be. It could be a factor. I mean, I mean, you know, Allen hasn't played very well in the very in bad weather games. And then there's well, a, there so a rainy know, game this year. He, 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 throwed, he threw pretty well, so I don't, I'm not really sure. Mac Jones just played his first ever bat or cold weather game yeah. last week. So this is going to be a whole new beat. I'm sure he's played in the rain, but he's never played in Buffalo rain in December. Oh my God. It's, it is frigid. It is windy. It, the the wind swirls down by Orchard Park. I mean, you could throw a ball toward the right sideline and by the time it, it reaches there, it's going to be on the hash mark. You know I mean? That's, that's really yeah. how it goes. Well, there's a joke here in Toronto that we can see the wind blowing in Buffalo across Lake Ontario. <laughs> you know, like it's, <laughs> 
it's we don't know we don't know what happens but for some reason the closer you get to the border the heavier the wind gets you start getting over the burlington skyway and your car starts just shifting left and right so (laughs) it's gonna be a different element that that jones is gonna be dealing with this week yes the queen elizabeth way can definitely see what's going on in buffalo i can tell you that all right and our final mailbag question of the night says how much does it hurt the bills uh to play against the patriots without tredavious white so i guess not as a whole because we you know not the complete impact on the team but specifically going up against the patriots how much does it hurt losing tredavious white well leslie fraser defensive coordinator for the buffalo bills will try to mix up a lot of things that go on with the with the defense and he likes to blitz his corners every once in a while trey white has come off the edge and blitzed every once in a while he is a great uh zone and man corner uh but i really believe that the 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 new england patriots are going to try to run the ball and have a sustained running game and keep the ball out of 17's hands and keeping with that narrative. Um, I think Tredavious White's loss will hurt more against the Tampa Bay Bucks than it will against the New England Patriots. How concerned, what would a loss as a fan of the Buffalo Bills, keeping your language as clean as possible, what would a loss on Monday night, how would that affect the fan base? Um, you're talking about one of the most unwaverable fan bases forever. I mean, you go through a 17-year playoff drought, and the team still sells out the stadium. There's millions of people. I mean, there's, there's thousands of people in the parking lot still just going there. This, this, I mean, they made the playoffs for the first time on an Andy Dalton touchdown to beat the Ravens, and they sent how much money over to Andy Dalton's charity. I mean, this team is very passionate about their team. Uh, this fan base is very passionate about their team. Uh, I don't know if it will affect them, um, but the expectation have been so high in Buffalo this year that a lot of these things are very disappointing. Like people are down on Josh Allen and his statistics through 11 games mirror his statistics through 11 games last year when he was having an MVP year. So what's the difference? It's expectation. People expected this team to go and steamroll everybody and they're not. So that's where a little bit of disappointment comes in, but they'll never waver on the Buffalo Bills, the fan base. Well, it's going to be a fun night, but we got to get out of here. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to Talking Football with Ray. Again, you can find me over on Twitter at DPN underscore Ray on my YouTube page. Just look up Talking Football with Ray. Find me on DeanBlondell.com. You can also find me over at Newsbreak. Make sure you head on over to H at h tag sports and then follow our boy mario and his boy paul over on twitter also go to their youtube channel uh hashtag sports for those of you watching live you won't see it but those are the replay i will drop all the links in the bottom we had to do a we did a start over so i didn't get all my links in there but i will put in those links uh mario appreciate having you on and ladies and gentlemen never forget you're all legit kid I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. We all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know? And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. 
Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.